is the Three Preachers Podcast, featuring three preachers talking about life, church, and of course, the Word of God. And now, welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie, say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is the Three Preachers Podcast. As always, I am David McLean, sitting here with two of the finest guys in this room. Mm. On my right is Chris, the man, Jones. It's good. Yeah. Feeling pretty tired. Feeling pretty tired. But I have no excuse other than just being old. You guys are really the ones that should be tired today, but... Sorry. If you're you old, should be, but we're not because we're so young. Yes. Youthful yes. and exuberant. If, you, if you're only as old as you feel, then I am. Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm almost 80 right now, so that doesn't really work. <laughs> and to my left is Devin. Yo, yo, yo. The only guy I know that can pull off a hat decently. Morris. <laughs> For real? Yeah, I can't pull off a hat. I That's love wearing really hats, but I look so bad in them, so. I don't you, think so. I'm not wearing a hat today. I was wearing a hat last week, and you're wearing a hat today. I, well, one of us got to. I had to start a tradition. But hat king. The hat king, yes. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Doing good. Good, good. Devin's hat says, beautiful Alabama, go outside. Yeah. yeah. Get out. Go outside and get a sunburn and die of heat exhaustion, but do it. We say as we're sitting inside. Better than uh, sitting inside and dying of depression. There we go. I don't think either one was a good option. These fluorescent lights are such a water and you won't yeah, speak. I want to die outside. If y'all had a preference, you'd rather die outside, right? I'd rather drop dead somewhere. I'd rather die some other time, maybe. <laughs> but I'm saying your two options are die outside of heat or die inside of depression. But I just don't about, feel like I don't feel like dying outside from heat is an option when you can just go get some shade or some but water. This or isn't like, in why? this world right now. Your two options are to die outside in the heat or inside of depression. I think I'm intelligent enough to go for a third option. See, this is the problem. I think I'm gonna pick to die inside of a depression. That way, I can just lay on the couch where I'm comfortable. Y'all <laughs> are <laughs> y'all are uh, postmoderns who just cannot uh, oh deal gosh. with the fact. Oh. That there's two options in life. Oh, he's the he's the he's the bad. He's into the millennial. he's into the antithesis today. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously yeah, gonna I'm, play. I'm feisty. Yeah, oh good. Well, last week we started a conversation on demons. Last week we talked about uh, basically what just the definition of demons, some basic stuff. I guess we call that uh, intro to demonology one on one. It's a good title. If, if that was last week, then this week is. Uh, 201, Demonology 201. We're going to talk about the, uh, well, Chris is going to talk about, because <laughs> David's just going to sit here and listen and be fascinated, the origin of demons. So, Chris, why? Why should we talk about this on our podcast? I think it's good to know your adversary. You know, we know in Scripture that the demonic stand in opposition to the mission of Christ. You see that in the New Testament. They show up, and they're providing all kinds of trouble for Jesus and his followers, and Christ has the power over them, but who are these unclean spirits? And I think it's good to know what you're up against. So you're doing a scouting report on the enemy. Uh, We'd be looking at what we're about to take on as Christians. I mean, I think what they would oppose is anyone coming to Christ, first of all, and then being sanctified and living out the Christian life. That's the last thing they they probably want for us. So that's our, our enemy. So knowing who they are, where they came from, would be a good thing. I, I agree. Yes, it's don't want to fight an enemy you don't know. Uh, so 
I know there's several theories, and and I know what answer we're going to get to at the end, but we got to get to that answer first. So tell us some of the the theories. Where did demons come from? I'll give you guys three main theories. Y'all may have some to add, but there's three that I that I know of that you'll hear of. One is the contemporary, more widespread view of how demons came about, fallen angels. So angels fell, and so that's the demons that you come in contact with in Scripture. You can find that in places like Second Peter 2, 4, and Revelation 12. The, the devil and his angels, Satan and his angels, those that are in opposition to Michael and uh, the angels that work for the Lord. Then there's the view that or demons are the disembodied spirits of evil people. That was Alexander Campbell. If you're familiar with the Restoration Movement, that's what he believed. He wasn't the only person that believed this. There were others. I want to think Joe Bean proposed that in the Unseen Realm in his book. I think did he was that his was he just saying that's what Campbell believed or was that his position? I can't remember. I, remember. I should have I looked that up. But that's the second theory. The third theory is odd to us, and it's really going to be hard for you to hear this probably if you've never heard it before, but actually this was very widespread in what we would call Second Temple Judaism, just say the time of Jesus. So about 200 years before Christ, during the life of Christ, a lot of people believe this, that demons came from the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim. Remember the Nephilim were the giants of old in the Old Testament. God wipes them out with the flood. We think of giants, the Anakim in the land that they come in contact with, Joshua and the conquest, that disembodied spirits of, of those giants are the unclean spirits, the demons. And that was very widespread among Jews in the time of Jesus. So there's your three main theories of where they came from. So we've got fallen angels, we've got disembodied spirits, and Nephilim. Those are three very radical different <laughs> they <laughs> possibilities. Are. They are. All right, Devin, tell us which one's true. Oh, uh, well, it's definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I think the one thing that I that I believe is interesting and the only really research I've done <clears throat> with demonology was is demonology in Second Temple Judaism, and you get pictures in First Enoch in the Book of Jubilees. The Testament of the Patriarchs and the Wisdom of Solomon, those are all books that we have not read typically as Christians, but they're, uh, they're you know, Jewish, Second Temple Jewish literature. And what you get from those is that there's just no consistent picture. And um, some people would like to say that it, that it just creates the, the correct kind of mosaic that the Old Testament then draws from. And I, I, I don't know if Chris has said this now or, you know, before we got started, but it makes a lot of sense to me that what you then get in the New Testament is um, why you don't get like a just a, hey, this is where demons are from is because typically they all were reading the same stuff and kind of had the same idea of where things were coming from. And whether that's true or not, it, you know, you don't know, but, you know, why Jesus never sits down and tells them, hey, this is where demons, you know, come from, originate. This is why you need to know your enemy. Kind of what we're thinking right here is is because they all had, you know, these books to kind of tell them, the you know, what demons did and all that sort of stuff. And then, and then beyond the New Testament, you get a lot of rabbis telling you what demons do, and, you know, that gets even crazier. You go into the rabbinic literature, and they've just got all these things about how, you know, demonic activity is, you know, 
more prevalent at night so don't go out on the road by yourself you know they've got all the, it almost gets like superstitious when you get into rabbinic literature but the second temple um, the that is the the stuff between the old testament and the new testament isn't clear but you get a lot of really cool pictures and i think we talked about some of that last week like the book of tobit and and, and things like that where asmodeus is is doing all this crazy stuff and anyway those are, those are cool too and that's what I, I think that's what I lean towards is whether it's true or not I think when you get to the New Testament you got a lot of people look not having to talk about it because there's just like this shared story of hey this is where demons come from and that's probably what the book of First Enoch is uh, the picture that they're working with is the picture you find in First Enoch with mm. Nephilim I think we should walk through what that shared story is I think that'd be a good idea all right people <laughs> if you're driving, you may want to pull over. <laughs> if you're standing, sit down. Sit and lay down. When I first heard this, it was shocking. You know, when you enter the preacher's guild, they give you the secret information. Mm-hmm. Oh, we are. Yeah, we know the. Yeah. We know everything. Yeah, that comes with the sash and badge and crown. Yes, we're just okay. not allowed to share it. Yeah. Now, let us tell you the weird story of the origin of demons. <laughs> so now we're sharing that knowledge. So it goes back to Genesis 6. In Genesis 6, you've got this pre-flood story. I'll read a little bit of it, and it'll be familiar to you. When man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God, there in Hebrew, it's Bini Elohim, saw that the daughters of man were attractive, and they took them as their wives, any they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God, the Bini Elohim again, came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them, these were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Now what's interesting, this theory is, this would be a supernatural view. Now, back in the early church, there was a guy by the name of Augustine. Augustine believed this was not supernatural, that the Bini Elohim, the sons of God, would be the Sethite line, the blessed line of God marrying the line of Cain, the evil line, and producing these giants of old. That was not the view held by the earliest Christians. Uh, I know this because Irenaeus talks about it and also Justin Martyr talks about it. But also in the time of Jesus, before Jesus even, maybe two to 300 years before Jesus, most people believe this is a supernatural picture and the Bini Elohim would be the angels. And that makes sense because in other places in the Old Testament, the Bini Elohim, the sons of God, are angels. So these angels take wives from humans. Now, we think that's odd. That seems strange to us. But before we think it's too strange, you have to look at 2 Peter 2 and Jude 6. Um, So in 2 Peter 2, you have, it says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, the question would be, when did angels sin? Was this the rebellion with Satan? Some would say that's the great rebellion that's talked about in Revelation. But if you read further, it's connected to Noah in 2 Peter 2. If you remember that episode in Genesis 6 is also connected to Noah and the flood. It's also connected to Sodom and Gomorrah and the immorality of Sodom and Gomorrah. And at the end of 2 Peter 2, uh, verse 10, it says, or in this little passage, it compares the sin of these angels. It says, especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despising authority. So one thing you're going to see in Jude's passage and 2 Peter is the fall of these angels refers to leaving their proper abode, despising the authority of God, so not doing what they're told to do, going to a place they're not supposed to be. 
and then sinning like Sodom and Gomorrah with some type of immorality of the flesh, of strange flesh even. So you think, well, what in the world would Second Peter and Jude be talking about? And when you start to realize that most people in that time period believed in the supernatural view of the angels, sons of God, marrying women and fathering this giant race of warrior kings, you get Second Peter and Jude maybe talking about that and just proposing that. It makes a lot of sense. But the passage, that, that, so if you go with the, the idea that the supernatural view of Genesis 6, you still got to go another step to buy that demons come from the Nephilim. So let's just say for a minute we grant that that's possible, that angels, now I know there are objections, we don't have time to get into those today, and I could, I've got a, a, actually a table of pro and con for that, that theory, and I know there's some arguments against it being angels in Genesis 6. But let's say we buy that for a second and we go, okay, the supernatural view is true. Angels and women, you know, these angels fathered this giant race. How do you get from that to the disembodied spirits of Nephilim are demons? So these embodied creatures that are giants, that have supernatural ability, they're evil. How do we get to that next step that that's the demonic? Well, Enoch talks about this. So we have, Devin's already alluded to the documents that you find this in. So first Enoch, a very influential book. Uh, and, and right before the time of Christ, probably about 200 years before Christ, maybe 300. Enoch in 1 Enoch 15, 8 through 11, says it specifically. He, he makes it very clear that when the Nephilim died, their spirits were the evil spirits that vexed people. They stayed here on the earth. And the argument would be, well, they are disembodied. You know, they're these evil, nasty spirits that are against God's purposes. And they were once embodied. They were this hybrid being. You know, they're not really human. They're not really angel. And so it makes sense that they would want to inhabit the bodies of people. That's where you get demon possession. That's where this comes from. You can find this in Enoch. You can find this in the book of Jubilees. Devin mentioned uh, Dead Sea Scrolls text. You find this in all over the place that demons are actually this, the children of the watchers or angels that or these hybrid race of evil giants that when they died, their spirits are these unclean spirits. I hope all that rambling made some sense. Did that make any sense at all, those connections? As much yeah. as it could, yes. <laughs> There's the secret <laughs> info. Now, that seems strange to us. Does that seem strange to y'all, that theory? I think I've just been sitting on it long enough that I'm like, okay, I get I get why they think that. You know, and there's there's I, I was reading that there's there's good reason why Jews would want to believe that is and some of it has to do with just that problem of evil and not wanting to attribute bad things to God and if you've got this other force that that's where the evil comes out of that just makes everything sit better and so there's there's some that would say that that <clears throat> you know if, if we're looking at back texts for Genesis and like if Moses is writing these things for certain reasons, like there's a Mesopotamian story of the Apokalu, who um, Michael Heiser talks about in his book too. And they were like this superior race, um, you know, create, created by Mesopotamian gods that gave men all this terrible knowledge, and that's why men do the terrible things that they do. And so there was kind of this, possibly this belief that was coming into Israelite um, belief systems of uh, of of where evil and, and why men do the things that they do and, and, and maybe Moses is writing in, in connection to that 
as well. But for like a Jew, that just helps. That would help me figure out. Well, why? Are, how are these? You know, what are these evil forces in my life? Because, um, you know, for those of us that are trying to pay attention to the things going on around us, there's there's no doubt you sense like a, a spiritual realm around you, and I think people in earlier times were much more aware of those things and so as a Jew when you see evil things happening men just having this you know these kind of depraved appetites and things like this you that's really hard to say well that's from God and if you don't if you don't have like a I think sometimes we take for granted where we sit now in history where we have all these books we can read and like people who kind of you know explain things to us uh, if you can imagine like not having that and having to explain where does evil come from and you've got this story you know from this other culture and and now in, in alluded to in Genesis 6 you can say oh there's this there's this group of people oh that's that's where this depravity in me is coming from um, to me that kind of makes sense why the story would be there yeah um, and sometimes we need stories just to explain things and a lot of times we don't even think that the story's true but it just does that make sense to mm-hmm. you? Uh, Justin Mortar did this. He uh, <clears throat> explained Greek mythology using this theory of the Nephilim. And I think it's pretty cool. Like He mentions that the heroes of old in Greek mythology, so just say Hercules. Hercules would be one of the Nephilim. So he would say there's some truth in these myths mm-hmm. of the, the, Gre- the Greco-Roman gods being demons or fallen angels. Mm-hmm. And then these warriors of old that are ubiquitous throughout like every culture these giant warrior class of people that can do amazing things he said well that's definitely the bible talks about all this so he's giving he's making sense of his world with this supernatural worldview and you might be thinking like i thought well what about angels fallen angels the bible does it's clear that the devil has angels working for him under this theory the demons would be the grunt soldiers and fallen angels are a higher class of fallen evil beings. Mm-hmm. That when you when you come up against a fallen angel, you're talking about a different entity, mm-hmm. uh, a different type of spiritual being. Those are the those are the ones that are, you know, arguing with Michael or right. fighting Gabriel. More powerful, yeah. Or they're they're the demons, the fallen angels. Mm-hmm. So there's either two classes of spiritual beings that are evil, fallen angels and demons, or fallen angels are demons. And that was something that you find in rabbinic literature a lot too, was just the hierarchy of, of demons. You know, there's there's a there's an army. You know, right. you've got you've got hierarchy and things. And Paul lays that out too. Paul has a very similar worldview that it's a hierarchy. <clears throat> so you think we've been canceled so far with this? <laughs> I think. I mean, because my I think the way my mind works as you're telling this story this laying it out i i like to picture things in my head like a movie like i'm I'm a movie guy and so i'm just listening going this is fascinating like i wish somebody would make a movie like out of this just so you can picture it was terrible it was called noah <laughs> some of that oh, comes yeah. up in the, movie. Yeah. The, the, the big rock the big giant rock creatures were the watchers yeah. that we're saying are the nephilim yeah that's right i remember now and okay. that to me was like the weirdest depiction yeah, i watched yeah, i remember watching going what are those yeah there's, there's only some books written about this too like christian kind of fixed not christian the old testament fiction of noah being this warrior fighting the netfully i, I, mm. I want to watch the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I remember now Noah. you're right yeah and honestly the only thing i liked from noah this is the only scene in, or two scenes 
when he's telling the story of creation, like the, this raining, the flood has started, and Noah starts telling his family the story of creation. It was just in one moment. I was like, man, that's 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 how this like it's how that story was passed down. It wasn't just yeah. written in the state. It was, and then the other one was when the water's rising and they hear all the screams on the outside of the boat. That gave me goosebumps because I was like, you don't think about we, we talk about Noah and his family and the animals and everything, but you don't think about what it was like to be the people on the outside of the boat. But yeah, the rest of it was garbage, mm. uh, especially the rock monsters. I mean, they look cool, but I don't really know where they at least you had Russell and can you Russell drown Crow. rocks I don't know can you only there's a lot of questions <laughs> that we have for I don't remember who directed that but I think it, I mean I think it's fascinating and I think it's you know especially to consider these kind of things it doesn't shake my faith it doesn't like I'm not I guess I've just always believed that the demonic was there never really struggled with where they come from because I guess it's just hey it's been there it's always been there and that's like the in, in thinking about like <clears throat> you know Second Peter and Jude both having these this same reference apparently or using First Enoch as a backdrop. You know, that's, First Peter three is also a place where First Enoch is the backdrop, and you know that's something I don't think we think about a lot as well. You know, Jesus descending into Hades and then rising again. That is that is. Um, that's first Enoch. That's what Enoch does. And so Peter's given a, you know, you kind of have that same picture there. And uh, that would, I don't know, that would be an interesting thing to do, to talk about sometime too, is just backdrop for Scripture. So what you're saying, Devin, is the people that lived in the time of Jesus as he's teaching, as the apostles are ministering, during the time they're reading the New Testament documents, when they see the word demon, there was a understood background like a shared worldview of this Enoch view yeah that they came from the Nephilim mm-hmm. and the supernatural view of Genesis 6 was just assumed yeah. I think I think is it, would that be safe to say yeah I, I, I think that's to me that's there's no doubt in my mind that's what's going on is right. that you have a, a shared history and, and you just pull from it just like you know we kind of have <clears throat> we probably don't call them and I'll, they didn't call them myths. I know that we read stories like that, and maybe we think of them as myths. But um, you know, they're they're reading those things as like, hey, this this stuff happened, and that's something you know I think it's worth paying attention to. Is probably a good reason for us to read First Enoch and, and books like that. Yeah, they're not inspired, but they provide some really good background. Yeah, info. You, you, on know, you know what they're you know what they're thinking about things. Yeah, David, where do we fall, man? Let's put you on the spot. What are we going to declare? Well, actually, I was going to go with uh, your official titles are Almost Dr. Jones and <laughs> Master Devin, because that's your degrees. I'm just Bachelor David that's married. Uh, <laughs> Bachelor David. Yeah. Almost Dr. Jones, uh, Master Devin, what is the final answer? Where'd they come from? For me, I struggle with the Nephilim view, and here's the only reason why. Like, demons coming from the Nephilim, I can't find a clear biblical connection I can roll with the supernatural view of Genesis 6. It seems like that's what Second Peter and Jude are pushing toward, that Genesis 6, something really happened there. They created this very powerful race of giants. Something supernatural happened there. But I have a hard time going to the next step of saying, well, the demons came from them because I don't have a smoking gun from Scripture. I do know Scripture says angels fell. I know that. I know they've sinned. I know they're in league with Satan. But there's no direct scriptural connection, so my roots come out. 
you know, my biblical skepticism <laughs> comes out here. Was it just assumed by the audience? Very much so. Could it be true? Could be. But I can't go there yet. I still have to have that scriptural passage that shows me. I'm sorry, guys. No, I, I agree. And and to me, there's not a problem. And what we talked about last week, too, is you read Revelation, you know what happens to evil and to Satan and his army and all the soldiers, you know, if you want to think about it that way. So there's, you know, if uh, someone said this yesterday, and it was about a different subject, but... If you if you still care about this when you get to heaven, then you know God God will probably tell you. But like I doubt you're even going to care about this once you once you get there. No. Like this isn't just going this isn't going to be one of those things you care no. about. I don't I don't know if if you guys are like me and listeners if you're like me, but I absolutely hate when I've wasted my time listening to somebody talk about it for them to get to the end and say I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but it's like when you watch a movie and they leave it open ended and you're like what what what? It's the ultimate postmodern move. Yeah, yeah, it's like you, I just listened. I mean, we're at twenty four and a half minutes and you guys are ending with I don't know. But I think it's very valid that it's there's some things we don't know, yeah. and uh, I think it's interesting to listen to. I think it's cool to consider. Um, I, was, I was like, I'm sitting here now thinking, you know, the Nephilim, you know, talking about the backdrop and I'm sitting thinking, how did we get to where we are today? Like, how did we go from believers who just, that was the backdrop. That's what they accept is true to today. We're like, oh, pish posh. Like, you know, there's can't be true. Nephilim pop scoff. Like, how did we get there? And I know that's a whole nother yeah. topic in itself, but it's got me thinking. And I think that's important to listen to things like this and, and consider it to make us think, yeah. uh, not to just accept everything at face value. Um, but, but man, there's a lot of stuff that you come to the end of it and I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it is what the things we do know is they're there, they exist, they are our adversary and we got to take them serious. That's the things we do know. Yep. Uh, I don't think that leaves much room to, to say, to, to blow it off. Well, if you were confused by today's podcast, <laughs> you're really going to be confused by next week's podcast or you're probably going to be saying, huh? Because we talked about the origin of demons, and we've said, hey, they work for Satan. I guess we got to talk about the origin of Satan next week, huh? Let's do it. Let's, I'm, I'm all on board with that. Yeah, we're going to roll next week. Hey, thank you all for listening this week. We are, what, 17 weeks into this thing. I uh, appreciate all the listeners, the comments we get. Uh, we are praying for uh, you, for our listeners, for our church, and hope that you have a blessed week.